here we go. Episode 56 of the Hardline Sports Talk. I am Michael Merlo, joined by John Michael Masiri. I don't know why I have a smile on my face. It's not a great day, especially for us. It hasn't been a great week for us when it comes to uh, sports. But uh, JM, besides that, besides, you know, baseball getting canceled for a little bit here, how you doing? Um, yeah, put that aside. I'm doing okay. Um, but it's a little hard to do that. A lot of, a lot of pain, which is life. Life is pain. It's, it's, but, pain. I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm just shocked. That's all. That's all. I, actually, I'm not shocked. I'm not at shocked. This point, at this point, I'm not shocked. Um, but it's, it's very sad. It's been a very sad couple of days. Embarrassing, historic. Uh, mind-boggling, all, all the words you can think of. There are so no. many things, you know, I think we both want to say about it and the impact it's going to have and, and the last few days, um, just the reporting on it, you know, even since, you know, you want to go back, you know, the week and a half they were in Jupiter, Florida. There's so much we're going to say we're going to forget a couple of things. So let's just start off. So Major League Baseball had set a deadline, February 28th, midnight. We don't have a deal. We're going to start canceling games. They met all throughout the night until about 2 a.m. on Monday night into Tuesday morning. There was this sense of optimism that we have now found out that was just the owners feeding this narrative that they were closer to a deal. They felt as though there was good dialogue. The players kept the stance that night and the next day saying we were farther off than they thought. And it was just a PR stunt for the owners to then come out the next day and say, well, the players, and this is what they did. They said they changed their tone and they saw a path to a deal and then they didn't. Right. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. It seemed like John Heyman and Bob Nightingale were, were treated like puppets. Like most of these guys are uh, in reporting the news. And and like you said, yeah, uh, they changed their tone. Did they really change their tone? I don't think so. I think a lot of, the players and people in the players union, the representatives came out and said, well, hold on. That's not true. There was never any tone changes. This is the way that things were going to be done. Um, And yeah, I I don't, there were conflicting reports, right? It seemed at one point going in to was it Tuesday, Tuesday morning that um, it seemed like there was a decent chance that something was going to get done. Right. There was a lot of optimism, and then it turned out that we're, we're still really not that close. Um, so it's, it's a shame. Um, I think there's some blame to be put on either side, but me personally, I think it's about 90% on the owners. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a shame. Right. You know, we are on the player side here for the most part. I think, you know, I think majority, I think even closely, maybe 70, 75% of fans are on the player side when it comes to this. Uh, but it is, um, listen, there's two, it takes two sides to have a negotiation and agree on something. So it's, it's not an easy process, but I think we both agree. The owners did not do this in good faith. It's a really sad day. And we, we've known this and we've known this for months now. And we've really known this, you know, for, for, for a few years now. But it is sad to know that the people that own Major League Baseball teams, I shouldn't say all of them. I'd say there's still a percentage of them that love baseball. 
but most of them do not treat this as a hobby. They treat this as a business transaction. This is strictly business. And they don't care about what happens to the game. They don't care about the history of the game. They only care about what's best for them and best for their wallets. And nothing else matters. And it's 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 proven here. And it's a it's, it's just sad to really realize this. Right. And that's the thing that that's one of the biggest problems is you'll have these big market teams like the Yankees and the Mets and the Red Sox and the Dodgers and whoever that are going out and are spending over $200 million of, of their, you know, they have a 200 million plus payroll. Um, but then you have teams like the pirates and the A's and the Rays and whoever that they don't want to go past $40 million. I mean, we've talked about uh, the, the guardians now that they're called um, Jose Ramirez. He's coming up in free agency. He's going to get traded or they'll let him walk. They traded Lindor. They traded Trevor Bauer. By the time Shane Bieber's contract comes up, they'll trade him. Same thing with Tampa Bay, right? Uh, Blake Snell got traded. David Price got traded. James Shields got traded. All their aces every six years are basically getting shipped out of Tampa because they don't want to pay these guys. So it, you're right. Um, it's, it's shameful. Um, we as fans view this as a, a hobby and as entertainment um, and rightfully so. I mean, that's, that's why the industry exists. Um, and it's understandable for you to want to, uh, as an owner to make profit off this, obviously it's a massive investment. You want to see uh, some money coming into your pocket and the players want to see money coming into their pocket too. This isn't a matter of, you know, oh, the, the owners are losing money right now. They're literally, they're, they're not profiting at all. They have negative profit. Like that, that's not what's happening here. The problem is we're seeing the numbers aren't matching up, right? When we talk about percentages and compensation and, and, and balance, right? We're not, we're not seeing that. Um, so th that's one of my biggest gripes with the way this whole thing has gone. I have a massive problem with the way they've managed their time. I mean, we were talking on the podcast last week, 10 times up to that point, that's last week of February, 10 times they had met and you had the entire off season just about what expired in December or something like that. Third. How, how, like, how do you let that happen? You knew this was coming, right? Manfred got asked a question yesterday. Oh, you know, you uh, did you try and get ahead of the curve here? You knew the CBA was expiring, you know, a year or so ahead. Did you try? He was like, yeah, we tried, blah, 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 blah. They're so far apart, the players union and the owners. Like, it's not even close that at this point, this is probably, this is, well, definitely the closest they've ever been. And they're still not that close. So it's a concern. It's a massive concern. Uh, they went 43 days without speaking. They went 43 th went 43 days since the owners locked the players out, and not and since they did that, not one offer was sent the players' way. I feel as though if you locked them out, you have to send the first offer. And I remember Manfred about a month ago when he had that press conference in which he said canceling games would be disastrous. He had said, well, the phone works both ways. Well, no, buddy. Actually, if you lock them out, you have to send the first offer. You should send the first offer. They didn't ask for a lockout. They didn't go on strike. And I understand. I understand for the owner's side, you, you have to, you have to lock out. I'm sorry. I have a cold. I'm really sorry. I, I, I get it. You know, it's a, 
it's a massive what's the word I'm looking for chip on your shoulder. You have, you have to do that at that point. You have to lock them out, but you don't technically don't have to. It's not a, when you get to this procedure, when you get to this point where now you're canceling games on opening day, right? You cancel the first two series for every team. They should be, these should be 24 hours a day negotiations. I mean, I'm expecting, you know, Rob Manford to stay up for a week, but some people should be talking to each other all day long until this gets done. Well, right now, yes. But it's not going to happen. No. Because at the end of the day, that's it. Like, for them, for the owners at least, and, and we're going to get into this more, but we're going to do it now. I think the owners are okay with losing April. They are okay with losing April. They have about 20 to 25 days before they actually start losing real money in the season. It's also 20 to 25 days in which they don't have to pay back their regional sports networks. Yeah. So I can go 20 to 25 days. They would come out ahead, essentially, if they're not paying anybody to be at the ballpark, whether it's staff or they're not you know, paying the players. Not play, they're not paying the players, and that's a whole other issue. That when yeah. they do get to the table, now you just added another issue. The players want to make these games up, and the owners are not going to want to, not going to want, not going to. And now you're gonna argue, well, we want to be paid for these games, even though you there you canceled them, we didn't miss them. It just adds so much to the table, and it's it's gonna come down to who is losing the most money and who could. With, with you know with last it right and, and one of my problems with the way the owners have been negotiating and why i think it's bs that they'll say i don't think i know it's bs that they say we're negotiating in good faith um baseball is not a salary cap sport right it's a luxury tax um but that's not a salary cap right you're allowed to go through the luxury tax you'll be penalized but teams have been doing it for years the dodgers have done it like five straight years at this point um, I lost your video. What happened to you? I had to wipe my nose with tissue for a second. I didn't want to do it on camera. Oh, okay. No, you scared me for a sec. Yeah, um, you're all, if I do that, that's what it is. All right, good. Um, so yeah, this has been going on for a while with the, the, the luxury tax and whatever. If you want to say now these owners are having a problem with these teams, they want to lower the luxury tax because these teams are spending too much money. If you're the Tampa Bay Rays or you're the Guardians or all those teams, those small market teams that I mentioned that have these $40 million payrolls, you should be required to spend a certain amount of money. And you may say, listen, I, I understand there's a lot of factors that go into that, right? You're not just going to be able to do that if someone tells you, hey, spend more money. If Rob Manfred says you need to spend more money, they're going to say, go after yourself, Rob Manfred. Right. Revenue sharing. How can I be the New York Yankees and I have a $220 million payroll and I'm selling out the ballpark and I'm on Sunday night baseball every night and I'm making it to the postseason, staying relevant, right? And just pushing my product as much as I can. And then I'm supposed to share what money I made off of that, give it to the Baltimore Orioles, say, here you go. And they say, thank you. We're going to pocket this and put out a $40 million payroll. And then on top of that, take the money, not do anything with the money, make money off of this, mm-hmm. and then complain because you spent too much money. Exactly. And, try, and now try in this new negotiation, try and 
limit what you're spending. That's exactly. the best part. That's yep. the kicker. Why does this money that, you know, the Dodgers are going to have, the Dodgers have paid probably already. Why does that money now get circled back into the rest of the league? Mm-hmm. When they went how over the you, luxury tax. How can Rob Manfred go on a press conference? Which, by the way, we haven't even got to yet. Was was an absolute joke. I was listening to it on the radio, and I was I wanted to you know pull over and throw something out of my car or whatever the hell I wanted to do. Um, how can you, as Rob Manfred and the owners? I understand. Listen, we get that Rob Manfred isn't the boss of everybody. We understand he works for the owners. I'll get into that in a little bit with the problems with his leadership and everything um but i'm bouncing all over the place right now i'm like losing my thoughts um how do you go out there and you increase you go out you increase the cbt by five percent when your revenues are increasing a lot more than that inflation's going up this is compared to five years ago inflation's at seven percent you put the increase in the uh cbt at five percent and Rob Manfred goes out there and says on a, on, on a press conference, well, the last five years have been a struggle revenue-wise for the league. I don't remember how exactly he put it. Yeah, this, goes, is, this is great. Revenue has been increasing every single year. He acts like like all of a sudden baseball is going in, in, in the pooper, which it, it might be soon if you don't go out and put a product on the field. Yeah, I'm trying to find these numbers here. Hold on. Bernie Sanders actually had a, a tweet about this today. I saw that. Hold on. Let me, let me read it. Let me see if I can find it here. I, I find it very funny that, oh, no, this is not even my liked tweet. Here we go. Um, the 30 major league baseball owners are worth over $100 billion. Their value of their teams increased by more than $41 billion since they bought them. Mr. Manfred and the lockout negotiating good faith. Don't be, don't let the greed of the baseball owners take away our national pastime. I found that so funny when man, I don't know if you remember uh, a month ago, uh, there was two press conferences. He had the one yesterday when he was canceling games. And then he had the one about, about a month ago when he was talking about how disastrous it would be if they did miss games, how they were working at it or whatever. So he had said that it is if they would have not, if the owners would have not bought the team and they invested in the stock market, they would have more money today. That would be a better investment for them. And then yesterday he had that great quote about the, uh, the revenue and how from, I, I think it's jumped like a, since he, he said the last five years, I think the revenues jumped almost in the billions it's been in the billions since then. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. This guy just spews BS out of his mouth. And you want to talk about him. Let's talk about him. Because, again, he does work for the owners. So this isn't like his, like, he does what they say. They're his boss. But he is terrible in front of a microphone. He may be one of the worst um, public figures I've seen behind a microphone in a while laughing at a press conference where you're canceling games due to a self-imposed deadline. The, the, man, I, listen, the man hates baseball. I understand that he's, like I said, he works for the owners. How can you be the commissioner, right? The, 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 the face of all 30 MLB teams and of, of a, a sport that is 
a top three sport in America, and you go out and you can't even lead at all? I mean, his leadership skills are horrific. Bud Seal is in the Hall of Fame, right? Because and there's a couple of reasons. First of all, Bud Seal probably pushed the steroid era. Not probably, he did. Um, but he was very good at seeing issues and between the uh, you know labor issues and the players' union and the owners and everything and avoiding stuff like this, lockouts and drama and everything like that. It was never none of that. This is the first one since 90, was it 94, right? Yeah, um, 95. 95. Rob Manford, you have this, right? The stuff with the lockout now and him going out and laughing at a press conference and cracking jokes yesterday. Um, the whole thing of calling the World Series trophy a piece of metal during the Astro sign-stealing scandal, you had uh baseballs right you 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 own rawlings basically and you don't know if baseballs are doctored or not or are are, are juiced or not the Give mishandling the mishandling of the astros yep mishandling of the all-star game this year yep absolutely ever and and this is just to name a few so you have the covid that, the covid season the, right, exactly. The COVID season, just so many issues where I'm not expecting Rob Manfred to walk into every MLB off MLB owner's office and say, this is how it's going to go. Because again, he gets paid by them. But you also need to have some sort of, of power here in any way or some sort of presence. It's like he's a freaking puppet. Like you can't come and bring minds together and let cooler heads prevail and get something done. Like you're really just going to be the, the 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 spokesman for the owners. That's what he is. He's the spokesman. He's the messenger. Well, yeah. He goes out and he he relays the message of what happened. That's all he does. And he's not good at his job. He's just not good at his job. And listen, we want to talk about the. I I get that this is that baseball right. We we're talking about how it's a business and everything like that. And these players. I'm not saying the players are all completely because some people might say, oh, well, these players, you know, are you really going to complain? You're making millions of dollars to play baseball and blah, blah, blah. That is true, right? There's a lot of millionaires in baseball. They're not all millionaires, but there's 65% of them aren't. Yeah. There's, that's a little subjective, though, because I think it's like 40 man rosters and you have like guys that come and go and whatever. Okay. Um, but still, you're, you're right. Um, if you are working for a company and actually instead of working for the company, if you were the product of a company, because that's what players are, right? They don't make the products. They are the product um, and they're the employees. And your company was increasing its profits and its revenue based off of your performances and your salaries were actually decreasing. Wouldn't that piss you off? Sure. You'd fight I mean, it. You'd fight it as much as possible. No, if you say no, I don't know how the hell you could say that because it should piss you off. I mean, that's, that's just unfair and ridiculous. So if revenue has increased, it's really not a hard concept to understand. I can, we can explain this to a freaking fifth grader. If it increases every single year over the past five years, but salaries are decreasing every single year, isn't that a problem? There's something off there. They have been, and this is in part to Tony Clark and the people with the Players Association, 
how bad the last two negotiations have gone yeah. where the owners have walked all over the players and they feel like that is, you know, what's supposed to happen at this point. And if they don't win and if they don't beat the hell out of them in negotiations, it's not a win. They're not looking to negotiate. They're looking to win. Both sides at this point are just looking to win. The Players Association has done such a bad job the last, you know, two negotiations that they said we have to get some of it back. And that's right. They had to get some of it back. But this wouldn't happen if you didn't let them walk all over you in 2011 and 2016. The blame has to go on Tony Clark here. He, he has not done a good job. And whoever has worked for them, I know there's, there's new people now with this one and they're the strongest union I think in the country I think the players association is the strongest union in the country and they're showing you that let's hope that you know they prevail and and they can stay together you know I mean it only takes a couple of people to break that union is it going to be guys that rely on these paychecks whether it's you know it's the 600,000 minimum um, salary, they rely on it and they're not getting it right now. Is it going to be one of those kids? I don't know. It's, it's difficult. It really, it's just, uh, it's just a shame. Um, this, it feels like we're not even guaranteed a full 162 game season anymore because we had to deal with the stuff with COVID and now we're dealing with this. So we're going to have three years with one 162 game season. And, and people want to say, oh, I can't stand the people that say, well, 162 games is too long. A, no, it's not. B, let, baseball and its numbers are so sacred. People care so much about numbers, and that's what drives this game a lot of the times. This Now people look compared to other players in history, and we don't have that 162. It is, it's already different. No matter what they play 144, I'll be psyched if they were to play 144 games. It's still not the same. If they play 130, it's still not the same. Although we will look at the champion, as long as it's, you know, a team that we believe should win the championship, we will look at the World Series champion and say that was a legit championship. The rest of it, the numbers, there's no home run chase. There's no big time record being broken. It it just really dampens it a little bit. And it no matter what, it feels tainted. It feels weird. It doesn't feel normal. Yeah. I mean, we we just did a, a whole nine-week segment just about of top positions in the MLB, right? And we went over their stats and I think everybody who listens to the show knows how much we love looking at stats and everything like that. And it's painful to look at 2020 and be like, oh, well, he had a good 2020, but you every know, time six, we look at 2020, uh, what do we say? Know, we take it with a grain of salt, right? Oh, 2020, yeah. I don't know. Um, and that's that's not fun at all, right? You're going to go 20 years from now, not even five, 10 years from now. You're going to look and you're going to be like, oh, who won the MVP this year? You're going to look at 2020 and say, Jose Abreu won the MVP in the AL that year? And like, wow, I mean, he was a good player, but I never thought he was an MVP type guy. Freeman, a little different, right? He's been a pretty elite player in the league for a couple of years now. But still, um, it's it's not right. And you have, like you said, there's guys that you want it you were always chasing records and stuff like that and 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 career totals and all that baseball is all about that's part of what makes the game so good 
Um, and, and guys are impacted by that now. I mean, I'm looking at Aaron Judge's stats the other day, not that his health has really helped him with this, but 28 games in 2020. You know, I was looking at how many home runs he had. Is he going to get into the Hall of Fame? He doesn't even have 200 career home runs yet, and he's been in the league. This is going to be his sixth year, which isn't – that's not a small number for most guys, but for a guy who usually hits about 40 every year when he's healthy, you're like, whoa, I didn't realize that. And that's because of lost time. So, yeah, it, it, it's, just, it's just disgusting because we always call baseball our national pastime, and it really seems like there's not a lot of people that care about that anymore. Well, in let's, the get, let's get right into that. First off, before we talk about the impact this is going to have on the game, I just want to say, if you, this is a guy that, you know, could be the face of the league. You know, he's been the best player in the league, arguably, for a very long time, and that's Mike Trout. And when Mike Trout comes out and releases a statement about, you know, the negotiations and the commissioner calling him by his first name and his first name only, saying he was upset. Let me pull up the, the, the tweet very quickly. Yeah. Mike, Mike Trout. Mike Trout comes out. Talk he doesn't talk about things. That, that tells you something right there. Hold on. Let me, uh, let me pull up Mike Trout's Twitter account. Mike Trout was the second person when I typed in Mike Trout. I want to play. I love our game, but I know we need to get the, the CBA right. Instead of bargaining in good faith, MLB locked us out. Instead of negotiating a fair deal, Rob canceled games. Players stand together for our game, for our fans, and for every player who comes after us. We owe it to the next generation. Oh, you just reminded me when you said fans. Can we – are we going to ignore what Rob Manfred said in his press conference when he said, we listen to the fans and we – explored a 14 team playoff who the hell wanted a 14 team playoff i didn't want a 14 you didn't want a 14 team playoff i'm on twitter yankees fans don't want a 14 team playoff so i'm imagining just about the majority of all mlb fans don't want a 14 team playoff so what the hell are you talking about yeah that's a really good idea guys because it's de- oh this definitely has nothing to do with money it's literally the whole reason they want to do it let's take a 162 game season that feels very long, but we love it. Right. Um, but people complain it's too long, whatever. Let's take that and make it more meaningless. That's a great idea and add more randomness to baseball, which already has enough. Let's add more randomness to that. We saw in 2020, 16 teams make the playoffs. The Marlins were in the NLDS because they snuck in they won a three-game set against the Cubs because anybody can beat anybody in a three-game set, and they ended up getting swept or won a game against the Braves in the NLDS, and that was it. And then they finished fifth in the NL East the next year. So please tell me who wanted a 14-team playoff at MLB fans because I don't know. I mean, my Twitter feed didn't want one. I don't know if my Twitter feed, which I tend to put yeah. the best of the best baseball people, the most entertaining baseball content people on there that's who i follow uh not not many people on my end but uh i don't know what rob's numbers look like i don't this is this is what's very interesting and we're going to talk about i'm sure we're going to go back into the discussion we just had but i do want to lead into this about the impact is going to have on the game and we and we spoke about it you know with fans and younger fans and and what they're going to gravitate towards 
But I just want to talk about the casual fan for a minute, okay? These leagues, whether it's the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, MLS, uh, hockey, whatever, they care about grabbing the casual fan because getting the casual fan gives them an opportunity to turn them in to diehard fans. Now, baseball has a nice amount of diehard fans. A lot of older men, even older women, you know, it's it's becoming rare that we see kids our age this committed and this, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, connected to the game, how much we love the game, our passion for it. It's tough to find those kids. But they're going to have this issue with casual fans that are so turned off or not even turned off or upset, just don't care. So that casual fan now, when they come back, let's say it's May or June, what are you going to have then? You're going to have the postseason in the NBA. You're going to be coming off what is supposed to be a very exciting NFL free agency period and offseason. And then you're going to be a month or two away from training camp opening up. You think that fan's going to give a crap about baseball? Of course they're not. What did we say? We said, well, after the Super Bowl, we said, well, we're officially in the depression of the sports year, right? Yep. Right after the Super Bowl, you got NBA trade deadlines over, baseball's still in their offseason, hockey's still in the middle of their season, right? Nothing really is going on. And baseball is the first thing that really lifts it up. Well, March Madness and baseball, it really goes hand in hand. But let's keep, let's stick to professional sports, right? Baseball picks it up. Now, by the time baseball starts rolling around, we think, because I'll tell you right now, I'd put a, my life savings that another series set of games is going to get canceled. They're not oh, playing 100. Yeah. They're not playing 156. That's not happening. They're, the uh, NBA playoffs is going to be started by the time the baseball season picks up. Yes. Which tends to draw a lot of people. So I know there's still a possibility that that could just be a short-term thing and baseball is not really going to suffer from it. But I don't think so because I think it can be a long-term thing because we're talking about the casual fan and everything like that. What are they going to want to watch more? April baseball or NBA playoffs? If, if a kid is watching sports for the first time, right? They're going to want to watch the best of the best playing in, you know, their most important tournament of the year. So. No. And the kids, we brought up the kids. Little Timmy's going to be asking his dad in a couple of weeks, when's baseball starting? And that dad's going to have to say, well, son, they're not starting soon. But don't worry, here's basketball. It's going to be college basketball. And then it's going to be the NBA playoffs. And Major League Baseball is not going to be there. They're not going to be there. The NBA must be licking their chops right now. They're probably sitting there saying, these idiots. I saw the Mm -hmm. NBA PA released a statement, you know, just saying, oh, how strong the union is and how we're so happy for Major League Baseball's Player Association for sticking up for themselves, trying to get a good deal. They're licking their chops. Those ratings, which, by the way, considering the, the, the deal they have with ESPN and ABC, the NBA and TNT, they do not drive in enough ratings. Their national ratings aren't as good sometimes as baseball's national ratings, and that's a dying sport. People just love to boast up the NBA 
And if you look at numbers and you look at revenue, I'm almost positive before this, of course, that baseball was two. It's not two. It's not two anymore. It's three. It's three after this. You're going to you're gonna have the diehard fans that were here during the 94, 95, that were very upset. And some left. Some left. Those people are, have to be enraged. And they're going to leave again. We, we talk about it all the time. When we had the Colin Kaepernick issue, right? Me and you were always in lockstep. Why would I give up something I love, right? Why would I protest something I love? I'm not, I, Michael K says this all the time. You're not going to uh, spite your, uh, what, what is it? Nose and face. I forget. You're not going to cut your nose off to spite your face. That's what it is. I'm not like that. So I, again, baseball is never going to lose me. But our guys like our dad's age, they're stubborn as stubborn as hell. They will walk away and they'll be fine. Yep. It doesn't matter. It it, it I hope clearly, it happens. I hope it happens. It them. clearly doesn't matter enough. Like they don't. You think they don't know this? Or maybe they're just too uh, too ignorant to to. I think they're too ignorant think, to think about it. They just think not. Nah, we can do whatever the hell we want. If I was a betting man, I'd say okay, they'll probably be be fine. And I really but I do. hope they're not. I. I wish I'll tell you my, my own mom said it to me. She said, how are you guys going to watch baseball? Like, how are you going to watch it again? now?" And I really like thought about that. I'm like, I wish I could be like, you know what? Yeah. Screw it. I don't want to watch it. This is because that the way we're being treated, that's what they're saying. They're saying, screw it. So I wish I could do the same back, but I can, but I to the people who can do it, do it. I hope they can. I really do. You're Especially, right. I hope they suffer. It's already gone too far, but if this, if we lose a month of games from this, do Damn, it. Damn, you're losing a month. Please you're losing a, you Please are losing, if they opened before May 1st, I would genuinely be shocked. I Me would too. genuinely be shocked. Me too. They are losing a month. Nothing, nothing would surprise me at this point. I mean, so it's totally serious. I'm thinking the second week in May is the earliest they come back. And I that would be my prediction. But if you told me June, if you told me July 4th, wouldn't shock me. You keep going that far. Would not shock me. They're not afraid. Both sides aren't afraid. It's not good. It's not good. It's really, it can't get worse. Okay, I don't, I don't think, think it can get worse. I don't think I think the players are afraid, right? They want to play, obviously. They're the ones being locked out. I think they're just at the point where it's it's a matter of principle. And like you said, the last two CBAs have not gone in their favor at all. And they're tired of it. I read somewhere that if they got had gone up with the um the luxury tax thresholds to where inflation was and where um, you know, just where the numbers tell you with inflation and, and revenue, the threshold just started like 280 million. I think I saw. Yep. Like that's where it should start. But they didn't take so, it from two. They, they increase it by 10 million and then keep it at that <laughs> number for three flat, years. For three flat. years. Flat. Yep. We don't, we don't know what they make, right? We don't know what the, what, the major league baseball teams bring in a year what they pocket a year after everything else in football we know because the packers are um you know they're openly tra- what is it they're like 
the ta- the town owns them. It's publicly traded. So we know the, the we know the numbers and everything is shared and you know they have revenue sharing in the NFL as, as well. So we know kind of what the NFL teams bring in. We we don't know in baseball. It's all hidden. And if there was a salary cap, they have to open their books. I saw that from uh, Trevor Bauer's idiot agent. Um, if they if there was a salary cap, they have to open their books, and they don't want to do that. They're not going to oh, open those books. Of course, they don't want to open their books because it's going to come out saying, "Oh, show- we pocketed three hundred million dollars last year." Why would you show somebody something when you have something to hide? They have something to hide. If they didn't have anything to hide, and their numbers added up. And they and they could just own the players. You can be see here. Here's my book. Here's our books. Read it. But they're not going to do that because they're not right. Because they are hiding something. Rob Manfred went out. There's public information that it's already. You've seen revenue increasing, and Rob Manfred publicly went out and said <laughs> revenue. No, that's not true. Like what? They shouldn't. They, he should not be able to go in front of a microphone and speak. He sounds drunk when he talks. Is he an alcoholic? I don't know. I mean, we saw him in the 2020 World Series. That was bad. When any any of our players test positive, like he, you're like slurring. Like, what is wrong with you? And he's cracking jokes yesterday at the end of the press conference. No, I'm really glad that you're the poster boy. For the major league, for major league baseball, and you could just stand there in, in on the most embarrassing day for the sport in about twenty five years, thirty years, and you're just like cracking jokes and smiling. Good. This is yesterday was one of the worst days in the sports history in in the sports history, and it's not getting any better as every day goes on. If they Somebody asked me today, they're like, when do you think they're going to meet? Are they meeting tomorrow? I said, no, they're not meeting tomorrow. If they met next week, I'd be surprised. If they have a meeting next week, I'd be surprised. Yep. That's how bad it is. Um, listen, we got, you know, we have a month to talk about it. Probably more. And on top of it, we got all these free agents that have to sign. They have to get everybody to spring training. They need a spring training. We you were- don't want to see what happened in 2020 with a shortened spring training. You don't no. want to see the injuries. We were going to do our top 10 players in the, in the MLB today. And you, you asked me, you're like, all right, we're doing it. Right? I was like, no, I, that, that's how annoyed we are. Like, we don't even want to do a list that we've been doing. We're finally at the end of all those lists we did. And we're Last about thing. to do top 10 MLB players. And we literally don't want to do it because it's, it's a waste of our energy right now. We're that pissed off. The only thing I can look forward to is is when they get back of how crazy those couple of days are going to be with trades and signings and everything like that. But I don't expect that day to come for a while. No. We got we got a plan. I, I keep saying this. We got to plan a vacation because, like, we look forward to that day. We, you know, March 31st, we look forward to it or whatever the day is. And I looked forward. I had tickets to the whole weekend. And – Nothing to look forward to. Gotta go to Florida or something. Atlantic City, something. I don't know. It's it's not good. It's not good. Uh, what else was I gonna say? Eh, that's it. That's it. Got everything out. 
I th- I think I got everything. I'm trying to run through it right now, but I think I got everything out. But we'll mm-hmm. say it in the next segment anyway. All right, we got a little NFL because there are a ton of rumors and we haven't talked NFL. So a lot of quarter, so much quarterback drama. Our teams are getting set for a big uh, off season, so we're going to talk about them for a little bit too. Uh, but yeah, NFL when we come back. The S and Podcast Channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. Here we go. We are back. Episode 56 of the Hardline Sports Talk. Um, do a little NFL now. A lot of drama. A lot of quarterback drama. And it's only March 2nd. And uh, free agency starts in about a week. The draft uh, later in April. So there's a, there's a lot coming right now with the NFL. We talk about it. We talk about baseball, man. It is coming. It's coming fast. It's going to be the story. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, NFL for agency is going to come before MLB does. Just about. Really? Got, got, got half the guys in the MLB still not signed. Um, We had some drama uh, the past couple of weeks now. Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. Um, it came out about last week that everything was fine. They had made up, they had spoke. And then Kyla Murray's agent released a very interesting, uh, almost like press release talking about his quarterback and his commitment to the team saying, basically, you know, he wants to stay in Arizona. He wants to be, you know, a world champion, but he wants to be paid. And it was just very interesting. And they went on to say about, how he's committed and what he's done and how his value is, you know, what his value is to the franchise. It was just like a, almost like a pay me now or else type, you know, release. And I did not like it. I don't know about you. Yeah. I don't like it at all. I mean, this is a guy that you had this team draft you after drafting a quarterback in the first round the year before, which is very rare for that to happen. That's how much they, were committed to you. Um, they put out just about everything you needed. I mean, they go out and they trade for DeAndre Hopkins. You bring JJ Watt in. You bring Zach Ertz. You bring, like you. They've gotten a bunch of guys to bring onto the Cardinals and help him out. Um, and you just made the playoffs for the first time in your career with them. And you basically limped your way in and got bounced out really fast in the first round. One of the worst performances I've seen in a while from a quarterback. Yeah. Um, listen, I think Kyler Murray is a good quarterback. I think he's a tad overrated. I think he's like a bottom of the top 10 guy. Um, but, you know, people, he was the favorite to win the MVP the first couple games into the, into the season. Yeah. Um, but... I don't, I don't understand where this is coming from, honestly. I think – I'll tell you right now, I thought about this a lot, and I know they just extended their GM and they extended Kingsbury today. I think this team is going to crumble. Like, I, I, it, it has it written all over it. I think the Cardinals are going to – they're going to be back at square one pretty soon, uh, whether it's with Kyler Murray or not. See – I didn't love them coming into this season, and I I believe they overachieved. And I think you're right. I think this season, depending on the moves that are made, 
I could see this being a down season from whatever their win total was. It was 11 games. I agree with you hundred percent. I, yeah, I think they're slightly overrated and you know, I, I love Kyler Murray. I agree with you. I think this year with the way he finished the year and that, you know, definitely has a little bit to do with uh, Cliff Kingsbury. We know his history with finishing games, excuse me, finishing seasons was not good. So this could be, I think they should look at other cautionary tales here. The Arizona Cardinals look at what uh, happened with Carson Wentz and the Eagles. Look what happened with Jared Goff and the Rams. Do not pay this quarterback early unless you're certain, especially with where the price tag starts at, which is about $40 million a year. We keep hearing these, which that's in, insane. Uh, unless, you're Pat Mahomes, unless you're Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, that type, I, 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 you don't deserve $40 million a year. That's Dak got it. Um, yeah, and Dak probably didn't deserve it. Stafford um, don't get it. Stafford probably doesn't deserve that either. Although, Agreed. Yeah. Anyways, um, how the things that I've heard out of Arizona, not that I've heard because I don't have any sources with the Cardinals, uh, but what I've heard in the media is Kyler Murray's maybe not as well-liked as people think he is within that locker room, which is a big surprise to me because I never would have seen this coming out of him. He re- he always seemed like the a guy who could rally the troops and, and you know, pl- guys play for him and everything like that. But it doesn't really seem that from what is being heard out of the Cardinals camp. He puts a lot of blame on others. Uh, not easy to work with. Coaching staff very immature and like him. a diva, honestly. What? As he seems immature and like a diva. Yeah. Uh, the coaching staff saying that he was most certainly not the first one in and definitely not the last one out. And, you know, when it comes to film and practice, not good. Not good. The Cardinals, be like, if, if if that is true, what we're what we're hearing, I wouldn't want to sign a guy to a forty million dollar contract extension for that. If you're going to commit, because let's let's remember something. We're not playing Madden, right? This isn't fantasy leagues or anything. This is real life with real money and everything like that. I would not want to commit forty million dollars a year. That's an investment, right? You're investing in a player. I'm not committing right. that much money until I am 100% satisfied and confident with just about every aspect of that of that guy's play, his character, everything like that. I agree with you. I mean, that's 100%. insane. You're putting it's... your franchise in his hands if you give him that extension. But it's like, what do you what do you do without him? You know, you have something that you'd like, do you have a player that could replace him that could put you in the same situation as he can? True. However, I think the counter to that would be, well, if we don't think he's worth the $40 million, then let's not give it to him. Cause if we do, that's just going to clog up our salary cap and we're never going to be able to put out a team that's going to be capable of winning the Super Bowl, And we're just going to be stuck in mediocrity for five years or however long that contract lasts. And I've seen people now, you know, talking about the fact that Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime have gotten contract extension. That's the head coach and the general manager. And, I'll, and people say, oh, it's petty. It's, it's this, it's that. I don't care what it is. You could give the contract extension to Steve Kime. He's been there a while. You know, I, I, I think he's done an okay job. I'm not going to go crazy over that. 
What I am going to go crazy over is giving Cliff Kingsbury at this moment in time, a contract extension. I wouldn't have done that. If you look at his track record, you know, whether it's college and now the NFL, he has a tough time finishing seasons. This isn't just the thing. This is real. This isn't a rumor. This is real. So I would have had an issue giving him a contract extension. I would have wanted to see one more season where they were expected to win and, and let's see what happens toward the end and really just in general, the whole season. Yeah. Why, what are you giving Cliff Kingsbury an extension for nine games, 10 good games? Well, I mean, collapse at the end of the year, like we said, embarrassed in the wild card round that you haven't seen a lot out of him. Um, Not at all. But, you know, I guess you got to take some risks sometimes. And they committed to him. Do you know, I didn't check, how many years was the extension? To 2027. Oof. Ah. Yeah, that's a big commitment. You're t- that guy's your coach for the next five years. Uh, six years. Whatever that is. 2022, 2023. Yeah. If it's through the 2027 season, that's six, a six-year contract extension. That is... A lot of years. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's not again, not smart business decisions. That doesn't seem to work out a lot. Those 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 coach those leap of faith long coaching contracts. Mm, Ask John Gruden how that worked out. Yep, hundred percent. Ask the Oakland Raiders how that worked out. It worked out great for John Gruden. Yeah, he's he he got his money. He does. He's got the bag. Mm-hmm. All right, let's uh, let's talk about uh, Aaron Rodgers very quickly again. I mean, Ugh. I can't wait until there's a time when we do not have to talk about this guy. But the fact remains that this is still an ongoing saga, that um, he is still a Packer, but he hasn't made a decision yet on whether or not he's coming back, coming back to the Packers, wants a trade. According to their GM, he hasn't heard anything from other teams, which I find to be BS. I don't know what's going on, but I think the longer this drags out, the more it makes me believe that there's something else going on and he wants out. Because if it was about money and he just wanted a, you know, more years or, you know, more money in the contract extension, that would have been done, right? Don't, don't, don't we think that would have been done already? Yeah, I mean, I'm still of the belief that he's either retiring or he's coming back. Um, it is weird. the The Packers GM said that. You know, he said the the he's he's not sure of what's going on yet. He said Devonte Adams. That depends on. That doesn't depend on if Jordan Love or Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. It's a separate situation. But yeah, I mean, you said it. How how many weeks in a row? months in a row as Aaron Rodgers been in the news cycle. I mean, he's really... It's annoying. It is annoying. And we dealt with it last offseason. We weren't sure if he was coming back to the Packers. Now it's like, for real, okay, what's going to happen? The relationships... It's funny because the relationship's better this year, too. Yeah. Oh, you see Bruce Arians came out today and said that Tom Brady would take five first-round picks if he were to come back and get traded. Bruce Arians... Bruce Arians had a lot of stupid shit the past two days. Bruce, Bruce Arians is rode Tom Brady into the sunset, and he's good now. But he's he's going to get exposed without Tom Brady for being a mediocre coach. I'm under the assumption that 
from everything I've read that Tom Brady retired because of the way Bruce Arians runs his teams. Really? I mean, yes. he's smacking his own players. Yeah. That was funny. Maybe but, AB isn't insane. Maybe he just has been in. I mean, look what he did. He went to Oakland, fired John Gruden, right? Comes out that with all these racist emails, homophobic email, whatever, he, all these bad acts. Bruce Arians is hitting his players. Well, I don't think, I don't think Bruce Arians. The prophet. He, we know he knows what he's talking about. I don't think Bruce Arians is a bad guy. I just I don't, don't think he's think, a bad guy. He just might not run a NFL team the best way. I don't way. think he runs a tight ship. I don't think he's yeah. great at running a team. I think his offensive philosophies, I mean, he's had good offenses in the past. I don't think he's a bad coach. I just think maybe the structure is not there. Uh, and that's not true because he found a way to have issues with Mike Tomlin. So I don't, AB. So I don't really think that's, you know, gold star there. Who has issues with Mike Tomlin? I mean, come on. Yeah. He's he's had a pretty good career. Yeah, just a, just a little bit. It's pretty yeah. a little pretty good. Oh, um, I hate I hate to bounce around here, but oh let's I bounce around. This, I saw this before and I thought you you'd find this interesting. So here are Dave Gettleman's 12 largest free agency moves with the Giants. Let's go from largest to smallest. Uh, or this, I'm sorry, this is just by year. But it's the top 12 largest deals that he's done. Okay. Kenny Galladay. Sure, it's a big years, one. $72 million. Kyle Rudolph, two years, $12 million. All right. Adoree Jackson, three years, $39 million. I don't hate that one. That was last year, okay? Now, here's yep. one of the smaller ones he's done. Levine Toilolo, two years, $6.2 million. Yep, sure, it's yeah. a third-string tight end. He had five catches in his first year. Uh, some tore tore Achilles, missed the second year. Um, oh, I just went in full screen mode. I didn't even know I could do that. I don't know if that affects anything. Anyways, um, Blake Martinez, three years, thirty point seven five million, tore his ACL. Um, James Bradbury, three years, forty three million, which is good, right? Really good first year. Last year, a little little down year, but still not could bad. Be- could be an option for a cut. Who's a good? Here's a good one. Okay. Golden Tate. Oh. Four years, thirty-seven million. That's good. Cut after year two. Only started four games in year two. Antoine Bethea. Cut. Jonathan that was Stewart. A terrible one. Jonathan Stewart. Yeah, Jonathan Stewart. Cut. Kareem Martin. Cut. He signed a three-year, $50 million deal. He didn't start a game in his second year, and then they cut him. Kareem Martin? Yeah. What did he play again? Outside linebacker. Right. Yes, I know this guy. Nate Solder. We know about him. Opted yep. out. Pay cut. Moved in positions. Still not good. And then lastly, Patrick Omanaya. Or Oma. Omama. I don't even know from the name. Jaguars, the guard from yeah, the Jaguars. Yeah, three-year deal, cut after year one, or cut during year one of a three-year yep. $15 million deal. I you give know, Dave Gettleman credit. <laughs> That's pretty hard to do, to be that ass at your job. No, it's, it's genuinely impressive. Like if We you didn't even talk a- about the drafts. That's free agency. 
Like if you make a parlay, right, and you get all five wrong, like that's just as impressive as getting all five right. <laughs> so he, Dave Gettleman basically went, he played poker with those free agencies, right? He played poker, lost all his money, went home, got more money, came back to the casino, played blackjack, right? Busted on five straight hands when we're talking about the draft. Then went home and got the last of his savings and hired a couple GMs, a.k.a. played roulette, and he lost all his money there, too. So he's just no uh, sexual underlining intended. He's just busting all over the place, Dave Gellman. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what did he hire? Did he hire uh, McAdoo? No, he did not hire McAdoo. Okay, so he hired Shermer and he hired Judge. He hired Shermer and he hired Judge, yes. boy, Davey. Uh, listen, I'm doing like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm trying to fill these this thing out to like be a coach right now. They want so much crap. It's like, oh my God, it's like, I'm signing my life away. Anyway, I uh, know, you know, I kind of compare Dave Gettleman to being just as worse, maybe worse than Phil Jackson was for the Knicks. And you read that out loud. You go back and look at drafts. You look at the coaches he's hired, the his philosophies within the front office and how that, you know, ended up being spread it, spread down to the field. I don't think that's a crazy statement. He was that bad. Oh, and he spent a first round pick on a criminal, a felon, DeAndre Good. Baker. No, he was proven he was proven not guilty. Do not talk crap about was he actually. Baker. I think so. I think it was let me see. No, I, yeah, I think it was he was in the league after. Now you want to talk about it being a bad pick? Sure. You know, we could have that discussion. Uh-huh. But uh, oh, he's on the Chiefs. Okay. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's out he's the clink. The he was, he, he's yeah, no, he was. I forget what he's that out, was. He's out the clink. Yeah, he, he was set up. He was set up. All right, good. Never actually, I'm, I'm glad. I'm I'm happy. Yeah, at least he didn't not happy for the Giants though. I'm happy for the Giants. Uh, you know, we want to talk about uh a new day. I mean, a breath of fresh air listening to this coach. And general managers speak here at the combine. I'm I'm very excited for the future of the New York Giants. I'm excited for this offseason. You know, let's let's see what happens. You got two high draft picks. You got an easy schedule this year. Let's see if the quarterback shows you anything that he could be here for the long haul. If he doesn't, okay, you move on at the end of the year, no big deal. And you go out and try and find your franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of work to be done. So it's a lot of work to be done. It's it can only go up from here, right? I think so. I mean, you can't really go down much more. You could become the worst team in football, which they – were the Giants – like, I understand their record wasn't the worst, but were they the worst team in football last year? I kind of feel like they were. Who, the Giants? Yeah. Um. Like, if you could make a ranking at the end of the year of what team – like, would you really think they would have beaten, like, Jacksonville if they went head-to-head against them? With the quarterbacks they had? Like with Glennon and Fromm, or if you have you had Daniel Jones, how many games did Daniel Jones play? Uh, I think like eight or nine. Or let me see, look up very quickly right now. 
if you're talking, if you're talking with Glennon, I know. Let's just say the Glennon team. Yeah. No, they were the worst. They were the worst team. That is easily the worst team in football. They were the worst. Eight points a game. Yes. Which is really upsetting because their defense wasn't terrible last year. Yeah. Like it wasn't the reason why they were losing games last season, especially later in the year. He played 11 games last year, Jones. Oh, okay. I missed less than I thought. We are the my my mill team, my uh, Mass Peak Little League team is the uh, we're the Dodgers. Oh, very congrats, congratulations! I'm gonna go buy a Dodgers fitted hat. Yeah, I'm serious. I'm I'm one of those kids. You ever have those kids when you would get your team and they'd go and they buy the fitted hat? I, I did that one year. Yeah, I, had a I did. Hat. I did that. Yeah, Dude, I, I those hats hat. suck. The ones they give you a little Velcro strap, they suck. I hope it's I hope it's new. I hope it's like because you know I don't I haven't played or been involved in little league in a few years now. I volunteered a couple of years ago, but hopefully they change that the uniform. You're not you're not still playing. No, I wish I was though. I really do. Yeah, you're retired. Yeah, very quickly. Let me ask you. I, I ask you two things, and we're gonna get out of here. One, do you think Russell Wilson will be traded? No. You don't. No. Would you trade him? Yeah. Both sides. Would you want out, or do you think it's in the best interest of the Seahawks to get rid of them? I think – actually, I don't know if I would trade him because I think that Russell Wilson is obviously a very good quarterback, but I think that the Seahawks roster has a lot of work to do. Do I think that work could be done with the current draft capital and situation they're in? And in the right time frame for Wilson to still be an elite player, I don't know. Because, you know, the Jets all have their first round pick this year. They really don't have a great roster around them. And you're not going to have an, a premium draft pick this year. So how much better is this team really getting? I don't, I have to check the numbers, but I don't believe they have a lot of flexibility and free agency. It's also an aging roster. They're not one of the younger rosters in football. Um, I mean, you think about the most significant players on that team. We talk, we talk about Wilson, DK Metcalf. He's a young guy. Tyler Lockett, not so young. Bobby Wagner, not young, only getting older. Uh, starting to decline a little. Still a very good player in the league, but maybe a tier below what he usually is. Um, Jamal Adams know how I feel about him. Yeah, and, terrible. Um, how old is Russell Wilson? 30, 30, 33, 34. Not a young guy. If you can get at least two... All right, if you can get two first-round picks, but one of them is like a top-ten pick this year, I would do it. If you can get three first-round picks that are not top ten, like, you know, this year it's not top ten, then I would need another third-round pick, so that's three. I'd do that. Um, but, yeah, you need at least multiple firsts. What if I told you the Eagles were going to give you 15, 16, and 18? And Jalen Hurts. Yeah. I'd do that. I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah. That's where I, I think- That's what I think is happening. Is Jalen? Do I think Jalen Hurts is going to be an elite quarterback? No. Do I think he could be a serviceable quarterback in the league? Yeah. I mean, I'd... find the right coach, develop him. Yeah. 
Yeah. Listen, I, with the I'm, right system with the right coaching, the sky's the limit for anybody for at quarterback. You know, some guys all the coaching can only take you so far, right? Some guys are gonna reach that ceiling, but I think Jalen Hurts' ceiling in the right situation could be good, right? Above average. Yes. I it makes too much sense for Wilson to be traded. Um, there's so many teams with good rosters and without a quarterback. So I, I agree with you. Very quickly, the last question. How aggressive do you think the Jets are going to be this offseason? Not as aggressive as maybe some people are going to hope for them to be. I think they may make a splash at uh, a premium position that they need, right? You may see them take a run at one of these corners, a J.C. Jackson, if he hits the market, someone like that. Or they'll make a run at one of these top receivers, Chris Godwin. I don't expect Devontae Adams to hit the market, but if he does, Devontae Adams. Um, but I really think they're going to still do this at the, the pace that they've been going, right? Add some players in some key players in some positions, not go crazy and, you know, give out $100 million contracts to anybody, Um I think they might be a little aggressive in the draft. They have a lot of of draft capital and can move around. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they trade down or trade up in the first round out of either of those picks. Uh, except I would be I would be surprised if they jump from four and move up even more from there. Um, but not as aggressive as some people are going to hope for them to be. I understand that there's a lot of people hyping them up and saying, "Yo, you're two with Wilson and." You know, look, the coaching, we think we got it right. And there's some really nice key players here now. Like, they're building it right, but everybody calm, everybody calm down. I'm with you. I think if there's a move that has to be made, if there's a younger player out there in free agency that fills a massive need, a very good player, then you make, you make the move and you make, you make the deal because you have the money to spend. But to go spend like a drunken sailor because you have the money isn't smart business and it, it doesn't make sense. So... If Dalton Schultz comes at a you know a nice price that they like and they want to give Zach Wilson a solid option at tight end, they make the deal. Go ahead. And you're right. You know, they you still have a draft. They have a lot of picks, and it wouldn't shock me if they, like you said, if they move uh, down, if they they want to move up from ten to go get somebody, they they can do whatever they have to do. Right. So it's a, I mean, it's a good. you can you can get up to five starters in the draft this year. That's crazy. Yeah. You never have that opportunity, right? Those two guys you draft in the first round, those guys are locked in starters week one, right? Those sure second be. round picks, usually second round picks are starters too. And then they got a third round pick, which is a top 10 pick in the third round, the 69th overall pick. That guy should has a decent shot of being a day one starter. So I understand that there could be a quick turnaround in the roster, but again, we haven't seen the Jets make the playoffs since the 2010-2011 season. Let's let's have a little patience here, guys. I can take patience. one more year of not making the playoffs if it means in 2023 that we could be a playoff team. I would so sign up for that. I'm not even, you know, 2024. I'm, as long as the day comes soon. Jets in the playoffs. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a very interesting we'll offseason. It's, it's what we have to look forward to because, you know, again, Baseball took that from us. All right. That'll do it. Uh, you know, next week, I doubt we'll have any news on baseball, but uh, we'll be right in the thick of things. We'll be getting ready for March Madness, and we'll have NFL free agency. It'll be good. It will be good.
better times ahead. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Yep. Until next time. Until next time.